Do you ever notice in life, you're always trying to get things done, and when you get things done, all of a sudden there's more to do, more to get done? And they go, okay, when I get this next thing done, then it'll be done, and then I can be at peace and happy, and I can take a break. And before you even get done with it, the next thing's already showing up. And then you're hurrying to get the thing done. You're trying to get done before you had to start anything else and hoping for a little break or vacation in the midst of it, but too late. And then you take a break and you go on vacation. And then it's not really a vacation, but it's just the next thing to get done. And then you're stressed out when you get back from your vacation because you didn't get done all the things you tried to get done before you went on your break and vacation. Then you're trying to get life done, hopefully to check that one off and get the hell out of here. And then you're all upset because you're still here because you didn't get that one checked off your list yet. You started at 20, now you're 80, you're still wondering what the heck. It's probably what we were doing in spirit before we even took on the body, right? All right, check that life off. Oh, just 100 more to go. Wow, man, I made a long ways. I got 2,000 of them done, not much more. I'm doing my 10%. I just didn't know it was so freaking big. And that's how it often feels. We often feel overwhelmed. And it's that pressure of the overwhelm that we begin to feel buried. And that constant feeling buried that we ever feel like we're trying to catch up. Not even realizing all along, all we need to do is handle what is in the moment. But the mind's always projecting ahead. What do we need to do? What do we need to take care of? Got to do it right. Got to get all done. I hope I'm doing a good job. I hope everybody loves me. I hope I love myself. Why am I judging myself so much? God, I wish I could just forgive myself. What an idiot! I judge myself again. <laughs> and that becomes our life. The inner judgment rather than really fulfilling or living our lives. And that's the trap of the mind, emotions, and the world. It's ever a trap. It's ever keeping us busy, always focused on what's next, trying to get done what's now. And even a lot of times we hear the phrases like, be here, be now. But yet we try to be here and now, but then all of a sudden it brings us present to all the physical stuff, rather than realizing the truth behind the statement. It's a spiritual action. To be here, to be now, is not be here in your body. I can't tell you how many people I here doing these metaphysical things go, I need to be more in my body. Everybody tells me I'm not in my body enough. Anybody had that one yet? That's the opposite of what we're trying to do here, folks. We're trying to get out of the body. It's not anything to do with the body is the game. So stop making it about the body. It's about the spirit. The spirit of who we are is present on every level in every moment. The here and now is the only thing there is. So how can you not be here and now? So instead of trying to be here and now, stop playing that game. You already are. But now it's where are you focusing? What are you doing in the here and the now? We hear it over and over. God first and God only. Every class, I think. I keep repeating Jim all the time. God first, God only. We really mean that. Don't worry about the rest. The rest is trying to get you worried. And isn't it funny, every time you sit down to meditate and you come to that place of peace and stillness and then you begin to awaken to the I am, to that divine movement of loving, that's what brings the peace. It's not making yourself be still and emptying your thoughts and calming your emotions. 
that's work. That's the struggle. That's the stress and the overwhelm. That's what's causing that. It's futile trying to get everything done that you think you're supposed to get done when you're trying to learn your karmas and clear your karmas and complete your karmas. It's all karma. Stop trying to work your karma out. God first, God only. So that means we have to simply bring ourselves present with God right now, right here, and wherever the next here is and the next now moment is. That's what gets it done. And that also, have you noticed in doing that, that calms the emotions, that takes care of the fears, it brings the clarity to the mind. Even if it doesn't answer the questions, you notice how it can still bring peace. And when your mind's driving you crazy, asking you question after question, even about this pathway, you notice how that causes a stress when the mind just keeps going and going. But we allow that. We actually choose that. That's part of the game of the mind. So we get caught in that game for a while, ever trying to figure God out, figure ourselves out, figure everybody else out. If you get caught up in all these realm drawings and levels and dimensions, trying to figure it out, that's why we say we only do that as a description to give you an idea of what's going on, but it's really about getting to God, awakening to God, experiencing God, being that divine, living, loving essence of the Lord. And this stuff we talk about here is what we go through in that journey of awakening to that beingness that we are as that living, loving essence. That's the journey. We spend a lot of time talking about the journey. And it's all about really just the beingness. It's just funny how it works here. Somehow when we acknowledge the journey and all the details, it seems to answer something inside of us to help bring the peace so that we can now let go. And in the letting go, we now start to let God. But it's a lot easier to just let God. It's ever work trying to let go. We'll rather spend your time letting God. Let that handle things. Let God complete things. Your work, your 10%, is to really focus on God. And keep doing that over and over. Through every moment, through every detail, through every physical action, through every feeling, through every thought, through every fantasy, and through every unconscious whatever. Because you don't know what it is. And don't ever think you have it figured out. Well, one thing you can start to figure out is the process and all you have to do in order to allow that movement of spirit to awaken within you. And that's what we share here. How do you make God first and God only? How can I do that all day long? Is it just during the meditation, focusing on that sacred name? Is it working to laugh and keeping that focus on taking responsibility for every thought, feeling, action, and reaction? Well, yeah, those are tools that can really help. But it's always the doing of it. And that's where often I think we get caught up is in the doing of it. We're always busy doing because that's how the mind, emotions, and body work. So we find it often a challenge just to be, to be in the loving, just to allow ourselves that moment of peace that can lead to the next moment. 
That's all we're ever doing throughout the day. What you do in meditation is a way to really learn to focus on the divine in every moment. So do the meditation all day long with your eyes open, watching and paying attention to what you need to do physically, and at the same time watching and paying attention to the movement of loving within you. And as you do that, you allow that loving to be with you and move through you and into your actions and into your thoughts and feelings. That's what really does the work. The mind would like you to believe that you are doing the work, the ego, the mind itself. And when you feel all those emotions and the drama of it all, and then you work on it and get free of it, you feel like, yes, I really worked a lot and got that one done. And yet all you had to do was let go and just love God. Or have you noticed when you struggle with that, usually the work's not done until you do finally let go and just simply focus on loving God. Because that's what it all is leading to. So why not just get to loving God? In other words, make it simple on yourself. Make it easier. Even in the midst of the struggle and challenge, if anything, that's the time to really just let go and focus back on God and allow that loving to move into you and through you into all of your experience, wherever you find yourself, whatever your thoughts or feelings about that. We all have thoughts and feelings about all kinds of stuff. But do those thoughts and feelings really matter? Or do you just simply make them matter? And that's what's creating all the drama. Well, that's what's really going on. It's what we do with it. Not what the experiences we're having, but what we're doing with that experience. What are we doing with our thoughts? What are we doing with our feelings? What are we doing inside of ourselves with all the situations that take place in the world? That's what makes the difference here. And that's where the freedom of choice always is. A lot of the times we feel like we're victims to life circumstances and to our thoughts and our feelings. Just as that wave that seems to engulf us and we just can't seem to find our way out of it. But yet there you are, always present, right here, right now. No matter how much pain you're in, no matter what trauma is going on, or however peaceful it is, however calm things are, there you are in the midst of it all. Well, maybe it's time to focus on you in the midst of it all, rather than on what you are experiencing. Focus on the experiencer rather than the experience. Focus on you, because you are the doorway. You are the key to all your problems. You're the solution to all the struggles. And all you have to do is focus into yourself. That's what will get you beyond all the struggles and the strife. It really is that simple. It's not a question. Why do you think we have the CD? God is the answer. No matter what the question, no matter what the challenge or problem you face, that's the problem, is what you do with what you face. So it's time to start turning inwards to your true face, that face of God within you. But that's where we're blind. Because we have all 
the dramas, if I can use that word to cover it all, to blanket everything, that blocks us from seeing that true face of who we are. And so we're ever dealing with it. Again, there's the checklist. What to do? Here's my goals. Here's my intention. Here's what I want out of life. Here's what I want out of this workshop. Haven't we all done those workshops? What's your intention or goal? What do you want to get out of this today? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You're happy when you do and then you leave and then you're all upset because now it's over with. Or you get really upset because you didn't get what you wanted out of the workshop. Because we were focusing on something other than the truth of who we are. The wonderful thing is, when you really focus on yourself, the true you, all your goals, all your intentions, all the things you really want, you can't hold them back. You won't be able to. You will fulfill yourself. You've heard that phrase, self-fulfilling prophecy? I like to simply say you get what you focus on. Energy follows thought. So focus on you. And you will have everything you want, including all the physical experiences, all the peace, all the joy. Because in truth, that's what you are, is all that peace and joy and loving. It's when you focus on everything else of what you're trying to get that gets in the way of, one, yourself, but even getting those things external to you that you think you want. In truth, it's not what you really want. In truth, we're simply trying to find ourselves in all the external goals and desires. That's why when we get them, there can be a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment and joy. But have you noticed how momentary that is? And then it's done. Then sometimes you even find yourself depressed, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Post, yeah, that I think applies to anything afterwards. First we get all stressed trying to get it, and then we get all depressed after we get it. But you see, that's how life works. And for those of you that are really pursuing the divine, you're going to wake up and realize what we're sharing here. But you've got to wake up and find that truth yourself. Jim and I are here to share our truth of what we know from our experience. But we want you to take what we share and find the truth in your experience. And hopefully our words can give you an idea, an understanding, a guiding light, a direction to go in order to do that. Sometimes I really wish we could do it for you, but we're willing to do it with you. That's the whole thing about you do your part and God will do God's. You do your 10% and God will walk with you and all the rest. That's a whole teaching behind tithing 10% of the day to God. And there's your fulfillment. You don't have to believe a word I'm saying. To this day, I will sometimes still get caught up in externalizing, wanting something out here. And every time I do, if I just give it just even a little bit of time to build, oh my God, that energy is just automatically, I start to feel myself going to separation because of that externalization. Because I have just placed a part of myself outside of myself. And all we're doing here in this process of soul liberation is reclaiming that which we've placed outside of ourselves by focusing or externalizing 
that which is within us. The whole thing about self-empowerment or soul liberation is reclaiming that creative action of who we are that we've put out into time and space, that we now reclaim it back to the divine that we are. And that's a big part of this awakening action. That's how we get the karma done and learn the lessons, is to bring that back home to its creator. Just like we, the soul that God created, are returning to God, our creator, well, made in the likeness of God, that which we've created has to return to its creator. And we are the ones who have created it. So it is our responsibility to now bring those creations home, that which we've externalized, where we feel disempowered. In truth, we never disempowered ourselves. All we did was empower all the things that we've created by externalizing from ourselves. So we're now bringing it back. We're embracing it. It's in that embracing and bringing it back home to the Creator that it is fulfilled. But here's the secret of life itself and this journey of the soul transcending all these realms of time and space, that by that action of loving God, that all that takes place. The embracing, the returning home, the empowering, the awakening, the externalization being brought back internal, that takes place automatically simply by holding our focus on God and chanting that sacred name within. It's like a big magnet. But this magnet is truly just the longing of loving. This world, polarity, the positive-negative, the magnet, how we talk about it here, is a reflection of what I just described as the longing, as another magnet. That longing that we have for God is also the longing God has for us. It is God's longing for us that stirs the longing within us awake for God. And so in that recognition, that stirring is where we begin to awaken and begin to pursue that which is longing us home. And the outer reflection is those things in the world that we long for. That externalization is a reflection of the truth of what's going on inside of us spiritually. That's why in here you always hear us share about this is a spiritual action, an action of return, where we, the soul, are returning to the Father within. And in that, that which we have created is returning to its Father, its Creator. It happens all at the same time. Each realm that is you love right here, the soul that you are in the physical, will bring back to you that which you've externalized. And you will awaken to the soul of who you are right here in the body. And then the door opens and we go to the next realm, the realm of imagination, and that astral realm now continuing to love who we are in that astral realm, same as in the body here, the seed of the soul exists in every one of these realms. So we love God and love ourselves up to that place within every kingdom. And automatically as we do that loving, it will bring home all those sparks that we've put out into creation. 
What do you think the starry sky is that we talk about in the astral realm? All those stars are the little sparks that we've put out into creation. The Jewish faith used to call that the shards. As the soul came down into this creation, it split. And those shards are really those sparks of the soul that we've put out, that we have projected. And it is in that projection that we have created our journey of experience through this illusion. I've often likened it to like a movie. You have the film and you have the light. And the light shining through the film projects an image that looks like a movement of life. It's still images, but the light, and then one image after another, gives it an appearance of life and movement. Well, that's what that's like. Is the light of our soul hits upon that surface from the soul realm looking down into this creation, that which we call the lake of reflection. Whatever you've ever seen on the top of a lake or a pond or some body of water, that it reflects what's above, like the sky, the sun, the trees. Well, that's what's going on in the Garden of Eden in spirit. In the light of our own soul, just like the light of the sun here, will shine upon the surface, the reflection. But as that light shines through, that reflection is now also projected down into this creation. And all we've done is followed that projection in our consciousness. And it is through those sparks, those stars, is that creative energy of our soul itself. It, is, it has projected from the soul realm. And we went chasing after the reflection or the illusion. And so here we are. We've chased, and now we find ourselves here in this creation. And so now we're reclaiming. We're gathering together all those different sparks of creativity we've put out into this creation. That starry sky that is mentioned in the astral realm as those divine sparks of our creativity. Well, that's what a lot of that is. So as we lift up in the spirit, those stars are drawn to us. Jim used to do a guided meditation years ago, for those of you who remember, before we started initiation, called the starry sky meditation. And do you remember where he used to focus on that and then have all the stars now pour down into you? That meditation where you focused on the brightest star, but then have all the stars in the sky now start to come now into you. Well, that's what that was about all those years ago when he was doing those meditations. That's what that was about. And it continues to be about that today. But instead of visualizing or focusing on all the stars, now we focus on the sacred name and allow that grace of God to collect all that we are and that we've placed into creation to collect it back to the God that we are, to unify ourselves where we've separated or created the experience of separation within. We are now in the action of unifying. What do you think communion is about? It's about unifying that divine within you that you've placed out and scattered amongst the stars, amongst the different kingdoms. And so, as we chant that sacred name, it automatically, just like a magnet, pulls all that back to its source. But that pulling action, that magnet, is not the magnet of polarity, of positive and negative. It is that force, that power of love. 
that draws itself unto itself. Love draws itself unto itself. You put out love, you get love back. But if you just do love, you'll just draw love. And that's all you'll put out. So don't even focus on putting it out. Or if you do, focus in on loving God. Put it out to God. And allow God to bring it back to you in whatever way it does. Because remember, everything is an expression of God. And that God essence is within all of us. And so, as we love God and allow God to love us, God will bring that loving to us through even one another and through even the life experiences we have. The painful life experiences are about letting go of the illusion. And the pleasurable life experiences are often about now awakening and allow that love in to be returned to us. So a big part of this is both sharing your loving but also allowing yourself to receive that loving back however God wants to bring it to you, whether it's directly in meditation or whether it's walking through the day and it's just that feeling of peace or love pouring through you and in every other way, through the reflection itself, let the love be returned and put your love out into the reflection as well because that, in truth, is God and expression. There is really no separation. God's in us and around us all at the same time. Going within is just the way by which we can begin to awaken to the truth. The experience of separation is when we externalize, when we focus outside, gives us the experience of separation. When we draw our attention within is where we begin to now awaken to the truth that is that spirit inside. So I hope in sharing, it gives some kind of understanding or an idea of how you can begin to even perceive or look or approach what you're doing in your journey of walking this path of the divine. And paying attention is how you will come to know how that movement of consciousness works. And then when you see how it works, don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to do something with it other than just surrender to it and allow yourself to also be moved by that current itself. Most people, they start to wake up and just get a glimpse of it. They think they can control it, use it to their advantage, and often they get caught up in the game of now trying to manipulate the world to get what they want, rather than just simply looking and realizing there's a movement of divine in all things. But don't stop there. Keep looking higher. Keep looking to that movement of consciousness beyond the physical, beyond the psychic, and truly in the spirit, beyond the reflection. Go beyond the mind. Go beyond the surface of the water upon which this creation resides. So the whole thing about letting go and letting God, we really have to surrender and allow that sound current 
that river of loving to carry our soul. But we have to begin to see, to hear, to know what that is, how it works. In truth, we don't have to know how it works. All we have to do is surrender to it and let it work. But often we won't do that until we feel safe or comfortable. That usually comes with some kind of understanding and hearing the information like we present here. Somehow part of us is wired that we've got to feel comfortable, that we can trust it, that we don't have any fear. That's often the challenge. We have the fear, and we've got to do it anyway to get beyond the fear. That's the game. The fear would make us stop. I can't trust this. I don't trust this. I'm scared. And yet, the very thing we want, we have to trust when we don't know. But also be aware, it takes time. There's a time of preparation. So let yourself have the time. We often hear us in here say, this takes years. In a way, I hate saying that, because then you can get disappointed like I did, because I want it now. But really, it's all happening right now. And it's actually very moving very quickly. Just not the way we would think it would or we want it to. But that's because we don't really know how that really works. But we will discover how it works by participating. The key is participation. That which we're doing here, this path to sun and light, is not one where you sit back and it's passive. We have moments of passivity, but I like to look at that more as those moments of observation to allow ourselves to become more aware and awake to that movement of the divine so that we can now go participate with it so that we feel strong or encouraged or have something, whatever that is you want to call it within you, that you're willing to take that step. Whatever it is, doesn't matter. What matters is that you take the step. But it is good to have the clarity to know where you're stepping, what you're stepping into. Because a lot of the times, with all the illusions out here and all the fantasies we and other people are running, we believe everything we could step into the illusion and have a bigger mess on our hands. So it's good to take the time to observe, to learn, and allow yourself to awaken, to see where you do want to step. But when it's time, take the step. Don't hold back. That holding back will create more pain and suffering. And that's the challenge when that happens. And then we judge ourselves, thinking we've done something wrong. When there's nothing we've done wrong at all, we've simply held back from participating. So that's a big key in all this, is not to hold back. And fear wants us to hold back. Fear will convince us it's the best thing to do is to hold back. Because if you do take a step, you're going to create a mess. You're going to ruin it all. Your life's hard enough now, well, it's going to get worse if you take any action. And that's what the voice of fear will convince us of. And will give us all the reasons, and it'll be 100% correct and accurate. But yet, it stops us. It stops us from what we truly want. That's true in life, 
just in general, let alone our spiritual awakening. That's why I'm sharing here today. Even for the physical fulfillment, your emotional fulfillment, your mental fulfillment, that all of that, all of that is contained and automatically unfolds just by you pursuing the divine within you. Have you noticed in walking this, because I know most of you in here have been doing this for a while, the greater clarity that you get when you really need it to take even the next physical step? Sometimes it takes a while. You're like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then one day, all of a sudden, it just gets clear. Or you have no idea the clarity, and then it shows up right in front of you, and you just know, oh my God, there it is. That's the thing to do. It's right there in front of my face. And then you question that. Oh my God, is that what I'm supposed to do? It's right there in front of me. Well, that's what fear does. It makes you question and doubt. So no more doubting Thomases. But that's the big key is to take, and it often is, that step of faith or trust. You've got to be willing to experiment. Look at it as an experiment rather than a right or wrong. Oh my God, am I going to screw this one up too? Did you really in the first place or did you simply make a choice and in that choice you had a certain experience so that you could learn from that experience? One thing I do know, when you make your life more of a proactive choice in an experiment, the outcome is usually a lot nicer. Even when it's challenging, it's still a nice result. It's when we're reactive that it's usually the mess and we have the pain. So be proactive. And you'll find the situations that even were painful in the past, just in being proactive, that itself will shift the experience itself to one that really is more of an awakening experience rather than a painful one. These are all keys to walking this journey. These are just keys to living life. But if you do that, you also realize they're keys to the kingdom, to wake up to the spiritual. I know people who live their lives that way, and they're not even focused on God, but yet that God within them is living that way, and their lives just are working out. At some point, though, we're going to make the choice to become conscious and to be proactive. And to look at life as an experience that we are actually creating rather than something that's being done to us and we're just the victim of it. That's empowering. When you realize that, that's empowering. And you'll see the choices you make now. You know how you've heard in the past where Jim has often shared about placing the light before you, the Holy Spirit before you? Well, I'm saying the same thing here in a very different way. Because I'm trying to share in a way that maybe you can see in practical, simple details how that can look. Because a lot of times we'll ask that light of God to go before us, but then we go dumb. And we just hope everything's going to work out. Rather than being proactive and paying attention and seeing how things work and then working with that rather than going dumb and to see what happens and then you're the victim to it all. And then you go, well, crap, man. Every time I ask for the light of God to go before me, all hell breaks loose and things are crap. 
Well, is it because the light of God went before you or is it because of what you did in moving forward? It is important in how you move forward in your life. If you move forward in the way I'm sharing, the light of God is already going before you. You don't even have to ask. It is done. Because if you're making God first and God only, the light of God is always before you. How can it not be? That's why it's always simply our focus. If we focus on God first and God only, God is always before us. The pathway is always clear. The journey is always fulfilled. Even in all the things we think are mistakes, not realizing those things we call mistakes are actually the experiences we need to walk through to learn and to fulfill that aspect of our life's journey. Don't avoid the situations in life. Rather, participate. And in that, you allow, you open the door to God's grace to now move in you into the experiences so that you really do get the lesson and the freedom from all that and you fulfill it rather than just being all upset again because this happened to you. Yeah, I just have bad luck all the time. Well, guess what? There's something inside of you that's been creating your bad luck. But you have the power to change that to good luck. Or as I like to say, God luck. Make it God luck. And it will be just by your focus on God. It would be a good little catchphrase. Instead of good luck to y'all, it's God luck to y'all now. God luck to y'all. Well, the world puts a lot of things in front of us. Every day, every day, we're buried in the world and all of its concepts, all of its beliefs, all of its words, all of its reactions and actions. You turn on the TV or the radio and you're inundated with all these statements about the horror, the sadness, the terror of this world. You look inside yourself and you hear the same thing because this world is a place of learning. This place is filled with lessons that we are all to experience. And our consciousness is terrified of it. We don't want to have to go learn these lessons. We don't want to have to go fulfill these things. We as soul are a loving, simple essence of God. Moving in God's creation to just express itself as loving, as creative, as joyful, as blessed. But we get down here and the world says, oh yeah? You're loving? I'll see how loving you are. You're blessed? Let's see how blessed you really are. I'll put all this stuff in the way and just see if you can find the blessings in the mud. You know, and sometimes we give up. We feel like it's hopeless. It's helpless. I'm cursed. Everything's working against me, not for me. When I was a kid, I was so happy and I had so many things in my favor and I knew what I wanted to be. 
And now that I've grown up and I've gone through all the schooling and got the education, I'm not that at all. I'm something totally different. And I can't say I'm unhappy. I can't say I'm happy. But it isn't what I want. And we have this thing inside of us that is ever saying, I want, I want, I want, I want. And no matter how much we get, we get, we get, we still want more because we're still not fulfilled. And we're looking to find out where do we get fulfilled? How do I get fulfilled? Well, the world isn't fulfilling. I don't know if you figured that out yet, but it's not. You go to a, a potluck, you go to a banquet, you go to a restaurant, and you get all this good food, but are you fulfilled? Does it really fulfill you? No, 10 minutes later, it's like, oh God, I could use a candy bar right now, or just whatever it might be. It didn't fulfill you. It didn't fill you to overflowing to where you were not in need anymore. And yet all the teachers say, drink of this water. Drink of this inner water and you will thirst no more. You will question no more. You will long no more. And then we go out into the world looking to how to find that which is going to fulfill us in that way. That will give us the answers. That will quench our thirst. But you have to remember that they said it's from the inner water, not the outer. It's interesting that when Moses was taking the tribe of Israel, the the tribe of the Hebrews at the time, they weren't of Israel, through the deserts, wandering, and every day manna fell from heaven to feed them, to nurture them. Think about it. This manna fell from heaven. That is the inner coming to feed the soul. It wasn't to feed the body. They still had to feed the body. But Moses had taught them the inner way of meditation. Moses had given them the sacred name. And they were practicing the sacred name. They were doing the inner focus. And they were getting the inner food. Partaking of spirit. And they were getting quenched. They were getting answered. They were getting fulfilled at that level. Not in the physical. They were still stuck in a desert, wandering, trying to find out where's home? Where's this land of milk and honey? So the true daily bread that we pray for if we pray the Lord's Prayer isn't the daily bread of the world. It's the daily bread of the Spirit. That we find that daily bread, that daily spiritual food, our mana, to partake of daily. And what that is, is the river of loving. The river of loving contains those waters that when we partake of, we thirst no more, we hunger no more, we long no more until we get up out of that chair and aren't meditating anymore. (laughs) Then the body takes over and says, yeah, but I'm hungry. Yeah, but I want to have more money. Well, I want to have a better job. When you're in meditation, maybe all that kind of pulls away, drops away. You rise above it for a while. But once you come back into the body, does it take over once again? Does all that noise of the body consciousness and of the world outside begin to take over and push at you and direct at you and pull at you and demand of you? 
if that's what's happening in your life, pay attention. This is about living meditation all day long. This is about living God all day long. It's not about giving God five minutes or five hours and then you get up and go do the rest of your day. This is about finding how to live in God and then open your eyes and continue to live in God as you go into the day so that you are truly living the sacred name and the sacred name is truly living you. That you are truly living the truth of who you are as soul and not just faking it in the world as the mind, the emotions, and the body does. The mind, the emotions, and the body don't know what they're doing here. They really don't. They're just trying to make sense of the moment so that it's okay to do what they're doing. They're trying to find their way through the forest without a map. Have you ever felt that way? Like, my God, how did I get through this day? Well, we have a map. We have a direction to go. And if we will just follow that direction and follow that map, we will get where we want to be. We're going to get where we really find the fulfillment that we're longing for. And we're going to find the truth that will nourish us, that will feed us, that will answer us to where we have no more question, no more doubt, no more fear. The body will, and that's the difference. The body will have its fear. It will still run its fear if it can. But we, the soul, now can take charge over the body consciousness, over the mind, the emotions, and the body, over the imagination and all that goes on in this lower creation. We can take charge over that bring all those qualities together into oneness, and when the questions rise up, we go, no, we're not doing that anymore. When the fear comes upon us, we go, gosh, why am I afraid? God's with me. I'm living in the loving. No true harm can come to me. Sure, somebody can shoot my arm off, but I'm still going to be okay. Somebody can take my physical life, but I'm going to go on. And we find that we don't have to live in the constant fear the world and the body wants us to live in. That's how the Lord of this creation controls us and keeps us here. And fear is one of the big lessons that we all have to learn. And how do you learn anything? First, you go into it. You go into the lesson. You go into the process of learning. So you go in and you observe, you pay attention, you experience, you take notes. You go, well, that didn't work. I'm not going to do that way anymore. Well, that kind of moves the fear. That's interesting. I see, I'll see if I can work that more and move more fear next time. And you begin to find how to rise above these situations in your life that have controlled you and pulled at you and demanded of you and put you into your fear, put you into a feeling less than and unworthy. You begin to find ways by which to rise above it all. And that's the key to this pathway. Liberation is about the soul liberating itself from this creation. The soul being able to rise above all that is of this creation 
and stand free of it once again. Not caught up in bondage here. And the way you liberate the soul is to stand up and to rise up and to live in that as much as you can every moment of every day in that arisen state. We can either be buried in this creation or we can rise above it and stand free of it. It's our choice. If you live in the poor little me, have fun. And there's a lot of companions down there in poor little me. A lot of them. We can go outside right now and stand on the street and wave people over and say, do you have a poor little me in the car? I'll bet there'll be two or three, even if it's just one person in there, there'll be two or three poor little me's in there. So you won't be alone. But you'll feel like you're alone. You'll feel helpless and hopeless in the poor little me. But when you stand up in the truth of who you are, when you go inside in the meditation and you begin to hold your focus on God first and God only, when you make that sacred name more important than everything else the world is going to try to put in the way of it, and you keep bringing your focus back into the loving of God and bring your focus back into opening and receiving God's loving, you are going to rise above all that that is the poor little me of this world. And you're going to find something totally different, which is your loving self, your loving soul, your loving truth. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's who you are. And when you begin to taste of that, to partake of that, to live that and be that once again, this world begins to let go. It can't hold loving down. It can't suffocate it. It can't bury it. It can't deny it. And it has to allow it. But you have to be the one to discover it first. You've got to go inside and say, I am the living, loving essence of the Lord. Well, how can anyone stand in the way of that. It can't. Oh yeah, it'll try to block the path and make you afraid and make you think you can't get by. But all you have to do is rise above it and keep on going. Yeah, you couldn't get through that situation. But you rise above it in loving and the loving goes before you and dissolves it, moves it, transforms it, whatever. And you'll do your part, whatever that is in there, You'll do the loving, you'll do the accepting, you'll do the forgiving, but it's so easy and you're through it so quick and then you're on to what's next. Oh, another problem. No, it's not a problem. It's an opportunity for you to learn more how to live in God's loving that you are in every moment of your beingness, every moment of your experience. And that is not in every moment of the timeline of this creation. Because you're greater than the timeline of this creation. You were created before time came into being and you are truly free of the limitation of time. You chose to come into this creation of time and space to have experience here. But you are not a part of this time and space. You're just a visitor. So don't take residency here. 
you've got a visa and it's only good for so long. <laughs> and I would really request of you don't renew it. <laughs> because the Lord of this creation is just so happy to stamp a renewal. Oh, they're, they're here for another 10,000 lifetimes. Oh, good. Let's do 20,000. Let's do 50,000. <laughs> I'll just give you eternity here if you want. Don't do that to yourself. Realize you have an opportunity. That opportunity is in this lifetime right now. And you may have had this opportunity in other lifetimes and didn't do it. Or you did it, but you didn't do it. This isn't a game of fake it to make it. This is a game of do it. Do it to the fullness so that you are free, that you are liberated. There are people that will come in, get initiated, meditate for a while, and off they go. They go, well, tried it, didn't seem to work, but that's okay, I'll go find something else. Well, that's fine, because there will be something else. And that will serve them for a while too, and then they'll go to something else. And that's the name of the game of the world. There's always something else. But the trick is, when you find something that is the truth in you, not the truth according to somebody in the world, but the truth in you, and you live that truth to its fullness, you're going to get what is there for you. And if this pathway truly is about the liberation of the soul, then that's what you're going to get. It's about getting the soul liberated from this trap, from this prison. Many people on this pathway dream about being in prison, they have experiences in their meditation about being in prison and then they all of a sudden realize, oh my God, I got the keys to the door of this prison. I can leave. That's the keys to the kingdom that Jesus talked about. The kingdom of this world is a prison and the warden of this prison is the Lord of this creation and he has done everything he can to keep you trapped here. He has many doorways that are locked. They're locked inside of you. Your consciousness is locked behind these doors. And until you can unlock these doors, you can't go higher. You can't go and be free. Well, what do we do? We give you five names, the keys to the kingdom. And each key, each name, as you chant it every day, takes you through a realm of consciousness to begin freeing you of that realm. And all the karmas that you've accumulated and all the barriers that you've placed between you and God are dissolved by chanting that name and loving. And then you have another name. And you add that name to it and chant that name. And you have five names all total for the five realms that you have to make your way through. Recently, I went and I visited someone at a prison. And it was very interesting, all the different doors, the different gates, if you will, that they have to go through. Because they are the prisoner in there, and there are those that are overseeing the prisoners, when they go to a door, they have to ask permission and identify themselves to go through the door or go through the gate into whatever's next. They can't just go to the front door and walk out. They have to go through one level to another level to another level 
until they finally reach that level where the front door is at to leave. That's why we have five keys. Because you have an astral level, a causal level, which is the emotions. You have the astral level, which is imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious, and then the soul realm. And guess what? We even have to rise above the soul realm to truly be liberated. So we have five names to liberate ourselves through those five realms that hold us in bondage here so that we truly can stand once again in our home, which is spirit, the realms of spirit, the realms of pure loving, the realms of God, the realms of the eternal. There it is forever and ever. Here it is almost forever. It seems like beyond forever, but it's not the forever that's forever. It's also interesting that God, in giving us these names, has said to us, you have to do the work. God's not going to do the work for you. You created, you've got to take responsibility for your creations, clear those creations up, and breathe free of them once again to move on higher. And the way you do that, the easy way you do it, is meditate. And go in and love God and let God love you. And the loving just begins to dissolve all that that stands between you and eternity, that stands between you and God. It dissolves it. Oh my God, how easy can that be? Just to sit there and go, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, I love you, Lord, and then let God say, I love you, the Lord and me. I love you. And let that be the means by which you liberate your soul. That is so easily done. And yet, we still get up out of the chair and go, oh, shit, i got to go out and do the world now. I've got to deal with this person at work, and I've got to deal with a mother-in-law this weekend. I've got to do this and and all of a sudden, we're not living in the loving at all. We're not living in the freedom. We're just creating more stuff between us and God again. You have to allow yourself to begin to live into the loving and live into the freedom more and more all the time. Don't recreate what you just cleared. And a lot of people do because they're addicted to it. They need it. It identifies them. They identify themselves through all that. And you take that away and it's like, well, well, who am I? I have no purpose. I have no meaning. I have no want or desire anymore. Hey, that's not bad. I have no want. I have no desire. I have no need. I just am. I'm in the loving moment. It's free. It's easier. I can be with people in a different way. They can be with me in a different way. Oh, that's right. Most people don't want to be with me anymore because I don't have all that gunk that I'm playing with in them. And I don't like to sit there and just complain about other people. And so they leave because they want somebody to complain with. And I'm not the one anymore. Okay, well, I'm happy with just who I am and how it's going. I don't need all that. Can you relate to any of that? So this pathway truly is about meditation. It's not about anything else. It is about meditation. And what Brian and I are here to do is to help you, assist you, give you guidance and clarity 
about meditation. I've often said I'm not here to help you pick out the color of your car that you're going to go out and buy or the the next wife or the next husband you're going to marry. We are here for one thing, and that is to ever point the way to God and to help you find how to wake up to God inside yourself. That's what this pathway is about. You're not going to liberate yourself doing the world. You're just going to prepare the next life for you. We're not here to try to help you prepare a better life in the next lifetime. I know how to do that, but that's not what we're here to do. I'm here so you don't have a next lifetime. Hello? <laughs> Liberation <laughs> means you don't have to come back, which means you don't have to do this over again. You know, if you have to reincarnate, it means you got an F. And you're going to do the grade all over again. Why not go for graduation? Why not get all A's and get out of here? Get an A on every realm, which means woke up here, woke up here, woke up here, woke up here, woke up in God. Hey, I graduate. You got the diploma. It's very easy to reincarnate in this world. Do nothing or do very little or do a lot and you're still going to reincarnate. Because you will be shocked if you are ever shown how much karma you have created for yourself. The amount of debt that you have created for yourself over lifetime after lifetime after lifetime, and even in this lifetime, is beyond belief. Beyond belief. And it's beyond you ever being able to pay it all off. You know that the Lord of this creation has a lot of rules and regulations that we have to live by. You know, in the Jewish faith, they started out with Ten Commandments. But the rabbinical teachers, in their search to understand God better, came up with 641 laws by which they have to live. And they contradict each other. So all of a sudden you're, you're doing this group of laws. Oh, I just broke this law. Oh my God. Okay, I'll go do this law. Oh, I just broke these laws. And that's the way the Lord of this creation is created. The rules and regulations of this creation. 